the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. You know, Sean Azaro, it'd be so easy to take that first part where you say, this is Sean Azaro, and you're listening to Real Life. And just have it pre-recorded and let it roll. You do it fresh every time. No, well, and, and it is. It's fresh. Like sometimes, but but it's what's going through my head. Because sometimes I go, I want to go like, this is Sean Asar. You are listening to Reaching for Real Life. But then I'm like, that's not helpful. No, that's not redemptive. You want to scare the kids. Or, or maybe something more like, hi, this is Sean Asar. And you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. No. So I'm so glad you're here. We could go the we could go like the National Public Radio thing. Ooh, you have that? Hi, hi this is Sean Asar. You're listening to uh, Reaching for Real Life. Quiet story. Uh, we're so glad that... Uh, that you're listening today. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. You got you got a full range there. Fast. <laughs> well, that's good. No, it is fresh. And again, we thank you everybody for listening to Reaching for Real Life. Uh, Easter Monday. When did that become a thing? It's a thing. It's a thing. What does that I, mean? I, it's a public holiday, I think, because Easter falls on a Sunday. But also, I think it's something in the context of the Eastern calendar, you know, Eastern Christianity. Uh-huh. And it's like the second day of what they call Bright Week in relation to the whole Easter holiday. I, I didn't grow up in that tradition. but So it's there, and there's also the public holidays, so that's kind of it. So I can still get a good deal on a mattress? Is that what you're saying? I, I think you can, <laughs> <laughs> which is what it's really all about, isn't it? In America versus the Eastern uh, Christians there. Uh, when you say Easter, what does that mean? Is that the... Eastern Orthodox Church, you know, the, the Roman Empire, the church itself divided into East and West. And so the Eastern Orthodox Church developed from there. And so it's a I... whole different branch. They have a little different church calendar, similar but different. How was service, Pastor Sean? Talk about that. Oh, man, it was amazing. Eastern, the amphitheater yeah. was, well, the thing that kept going through my mind. And the thing that was in my spirit was gratitude. Mm-hmm. I was thanking the Lord all day long because it was all about answered prayers. I mean, literally from the very beginning, the weather was wonderful. It cooperated with us beautifully. It was a beautiful day. The Lord drew a crowd. It was the largest, I think, crowd. We don't even have the numbers fully compiled yet, but we're going to be at 3,500 or more yeah. uh, for Easter. We had lots of people who certainly aren't a part of our church or don't, don't go to church. Uh, the worship and the spirit was oh, just yeah. amazing. The presence of the Lord was very powerful. And then because of the amphitheater setting, we haven't really done a much of an altar call, but I really felt this year that like the Lord wanted us to do mm-hmm. something where people could physically respond and say, yes, so, you know, the, the whole theme of the, message was based on the prodigal son. Right. You know, I talked about the resurrection as, as a fact, but then I talked about the, okay, it's, if you understand the reality of the resurrection, that's important, but it won't mean as much until you understand the reason for the resurrection. Why? Mm-hmm. Why did God go through all this? Why did Jesus do all this? And then I went from Luke chapter 15 and told the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and ultimately centered on the lost son. Yeah. And some people jump over as the father made that statement, you know, um, let's celebrate this, my son, was dead, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. And so it's all about resurrection. Mm. And we talked about what kind of things, what kind of steps, what kind of things what he walked through to get back to that place and what the father brought him through to get to that place. And so it was just a very powerful time. And then I just invited people, if, if you want to follow Jesus, come home. Yeah. And there was a great response. And we had a great prayer team, and they just prayed with people. We saw 
number of people get saved. We're very excited. It was a wonderful day from beginning to end. And the thing was, it was just answered prayer, answered mm. prayer, answered prayer. Go back to the gratitude thing, because Shannon and I watched it on the on the stream there, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, in the comfort of our home in Bernie, Texas. Because <laughs> you know that drive would have killed you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but with that, you mentioned something very specifically. You, it's Easter Sunday, uh, and you kind of referred to, and you mentioned gratitude, and you said you hate when people call Thanksgiving Turkey Day, you know, mm. and, and Shannon goes, but it is Turkey Day. <laughs> <laughs> Au contraire, Shan. And Christmas is not about Christmas gifts. And she goes, well. (laughs) Wow. Church kids. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But gratitude, uh, making the connection there, too. So grateful. Yeah, well, Uh, the Lord answered so many prayers. You know, when we we prayed these things, mm -hmm. and one of the worst things you could do is pray, oh, God, please. And then when he does, not stop and go, Father, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Father. And so I made a special point when I got back to my car after all was said and done and went back and uh, just said, said, thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. This was this was above and beyond our expectations. And there's the challenges of it's an outdoor venue, yeah, yeah. Uh, large crowd, you know, people distracting. Some people that don't realize, oh, this is still a, a church service where some people are actually trying to listen. Then was throwing frisbees in the back. Uh, close, <laughs> close. Yeah. There's people back there just talking. <laughs> so anyway, I was telling <laughs> Phil, yeah, and it's just like right in the middle of a message. There's, hey. I, I heard from one of our elders. He's, he's just like his kids were were ticked. It's like, dude, I'm trying to listen. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, Easter egg hunt. Oh, huge Easter egg hunt on the hill. That was great. Yeah. That was great. Our next gen pastor Jamie McGuire, who oversees all of our student and children's ministries, did this great thing. It, it sounded almost like SeaWorld, to be honest with you. Had the speakers all along the back of the amphitheater up on the hill and uh and she's got this nice little recording telling people the hunt's gonna start in three minutes and don't forget that river city has this for your kids and our school and nice. our our children's ministry and mdo and and it was so professional i just just like i told her that's a pro move it yeah. sounded great very good yeah but yeah time. it was everybody had fun and we met lots of new people lots of new friends mm. a number of people signed up for our discover class a number of people signed up for our starting point which is a new believers class again our goal is not just to have a big event our goal is to get people into discipleship right yeah to get people into connection and relationship with Father, first of all, and then in relationship with one another so they can grow. Our goal is not to have an event. Our goal is to see people come to Christ, make disciples. That happened, That, or at least that process got started in a lot of people's lives. Well, you can't have an amphitheater, Pastor Sean, without hosting events. I mean, let, yeah. let's talk about the week before uh, the, the Texas Open, and you had thousands of cars in the parking lot, stepping foot on the campus for the first time, seeing what's going on. Hopefully some of those folks came to Easter Sunday service. Right. But you just said 3,500 people potentially that came on a beautiful Sunday morning, and, right. and pardon this, Pastor Sean, but that sounds like the makings of what some people might call a mega church. Well, you know, that's funny that you say that, because there are people who just are resistant. Uh-huh. River City's a large church, but we work very hard not to... I think people don't realize how large River City is, mm-hmm. because multiple services and we're so relational right we're very laid back i'm out in the courtyard on a typical sunday and we're just kind of like a family it's a large family yes. you know and you, people notice how large the campus is but once they get connected with the people and start connecting in it's like it, it doesn't feel that way but people are afraid it, it's funny i'll ask people some, people ask me sometimes this question they'll say how large is too large oh, interesting. because they're scared. We don't want you to become this massive mega church. We like it the way it is. How large is too large? And mm-hmm. I always answer the same way. When every person is saved and following Jesus, then that's, <laughs> that's plenty. Then <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You know, exactly. And, Until and the whole world hears, huh? Yeah. Well, and it's almost as though it's like, okay, I love River City, and now that I'm here, let's not grow anymore. Oh, that guy. <laughs> they're not. They're, they're not saying that. Yeah. But it's kind of this implicit thing. And I understand why. I understand people, but people have this fear 
uh, and they kind of throw that word out, the megachurch. Mm-hmm. I think megachurch, the definition kind of changes with people. Um, it, it's basically a church with an attendance of over 2,000 people. Okay. That's what they're afraid of. River City, our attendance is uh, under that on a weekly basis. But again, we're at the type of church where we got people coming and going from all different places. Mm-hmm. If if our people who are regularly apart and are connected and apart were all together, we'd have close to 3,000 people there. Mm-hmm. So that concern is very real for well, people. Right. I have that concern. I, I've had that experience where you go to a church and it's one of those things where you can walk in and sit down and watch and leave and no one says hi or bye because you're not connected. Yep. How do you intentionally make that not happen? Well, first of all, I want to address that. Okay. You've had the same experience in small churches. True. And this is one of those things, you know, and let's put a pin in that for a moment, Baron, and let's come back to that. How do we remedy? Let's first discuss the problem. Right. Because one of the things I I have a problem with is people talk about, well, large churches are bad. And maybe you're listening to this and you've said that large churches are just, they're carnal. All they care is about numbers and money and buildings. And and I I just want to say, um, that's just not true. Mm -hmm. It's just not true. Okay. Now, what I have experienced is that the problem is sin mm. in the human heart. The problem is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I seriously have noticed this, that a small church and people think, oh, it's small, therefore it's pure and the pastor's pure and the leaders are pure. And the fact is, <laughs> if you've been to many more than a couple small churches, you realize, oh, that's just not true. The difference is when you grow large, you actually gain people and resources so you can act on what's in your heart. Mm. I'm, I'm just telling you, I've seen small churches that are very carnal or are cold or there's people who are greedy. There's leaders who are controlling all the things that you see, but they don't yet have the size and the resources to really act out mm. in what's in their heart. What happens as you grow is, is what's in your heart comes out. If I don't have the means to do something, well, then I'm not going to do it. But if I have all of a sudden the resources and the means, now what's in my heart's going to come out right. and I'm going to do it. So it's the same thing with churches. I really have found that you will find carnal, worldly churches that are small, and you'll find carnal and worldly churches that are large. The size is not the factor. It's the heart of the leadership. Yeah. And that makes such a big difference. I would challenge you, if you have this big church bias, which so many people do, you really need to pray about that and then go and actually take an objective look. What is it that makes a good church? What is it that I look at and say, this church represents the heart and the word of Christ? Right. Because that's what we're looking for. Whether that's a small church, I've seen great churches that are small. But let me tell you something about that. If it's a great church, it's going to make disciples because that's what our assignment is. That's what Jesus told us to do. So disciples are actual people with actual names. Right. So it's going to grow. It has to. Right? Has to, it by nature has yeah. to. doesn't mean it has to grow in one place. So some churches, they're just very intentional and say, okay, I'm going to raise up leaders. We're going to grow. We're going to make disciples. They're going to grow. But when someone becomes a good leader, we're going to plant a church as soon as we can. Yeah. I love that. I've heard of churches like they hit the 200 mark, time to split. Yeah. I, I, don't, that- I don't like the idea of a, a hard mark, but, but some people do. And really neat brothers and sisters in Christ like that and do that. That's fine. If God does that for them, for us, it's always been when there's a leader. Okay. See, our measure is not a number, but it's when there's a leader, 
then we're going to multiply. And so we've done that now three different times out of River City. So there's four churches that came from this church. You know, there's there's River City Community Church. There's Compass Church in Helotus. There's River City New Braunfels, which, by the way, congratulations to them. They just got a new place called The Venue in the center oh. of New Braunfels. Oh, what a cool thing. Really? And they, they've just, all kinds of people have started checking that place out. So they're exploding as far as growth Excellent. because of this new venue that the Lord opened up for them. And it's just how, a wonderful place. How did place. the venue open up? No, yeah. they, per- they were able to purchase oh, it. Good. They got an opportunity. And it's, I mean... Dude, it's Where is it? the coolest little area. Oh, yeah, it's right over off of uh, 306 and 35. Yeah. Uh, the Resolute Hospital's there. Bucky's is there. Yeah, you yeah, all, yeah. if you didn't, everybody knows Bucky's, church, right? The first church of Bucky's. But yeah. yeah, there's a neat area there, and they're right in that. That's a growing area, and they're right in the center of that with this place called the Venue. Cool. And it's already set up. I mean, it's got everything. I, it's just such a cool Praise thing. So, yeah, I'm so blessed with them. And then, of course, there's Landmark Church, which my son Ryan and daughter-in-law Rachel and their yeah. family and others from River City planted. And now they're growing and they're just doing fantastic. So we are more driven based on when when there's a leader, mm-hmm. it's time to multiply. And did the leader pick New Braunfels, San Marcos? Yes. Okay. They cho- In fact, both those two campuses, our first two campuses, New Braunfels, and Northwest. Northwest, which is Compass Church, mm-hmm. those were based on, we had groups of people out there, they were multi-sites. Right. So I was the speaking pastor through video venue, video technology, and we had a campus pastor. And then when those pastors, we saw them, you know, we had two pastors on our staff, brothers actually, Jason and Aaron Powers, mm-hmm. when they were ready, we multiplied those as church plants. When yeah. they had their own board and they did their own resources, we supported them in that transition and all that. But then they became, you know, kind of sisters. They were they were daughter churches, and then they became sister churches. Isn't that hard to let go of that good guy that you got? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just get them where, where they're productive. Exactly. And I, I want to go do a chair. Yeah, fine, whatever, bye. It's just like your kids. Yeah, they know. just get to where they can actually do, do something, something and they leave. Yeah. They're just getting to mow the yard just right. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I've told you this before. It was exactly like what it was. Wow. I mean, and it was similar time frame. When we were launching those first two church plants, we did it at a similar time. But my kids, Ryan, was going off to college and Lauren was getting married. Mm-hmm. Very similar time frame. And so I was shocked by how similar those things felt. You know, the little squabbling and fighting because you don't want them to go, but right. they need to go because they're adults. And yet you're yeah. it, it, all that same kind of thing. It felt similar, yeah. uh, but it's been wonderful in the same way. We love the fellowship and love those churches. And so our mark isn't a set number. Right. But some people do want to have that set number. I mean, Ryan's honestly th- wrestling with that because he wants to be a church planting church. Oh, you my know? gosh. Yeah. And so he's saying, I, I don't necessarily want to grow a huge church, uh, but I want to grow churches. And I'm like, man, that's growth. That's healthy kingdom growth. River City, obviously God has some things that he wanted us to do that required us to grow larger. You know, Mm -hmm. this campus was a door God opened up that has honestly determined some of the strategies that we're going to use. But our heart is the same, mm-hmm. you know, as there's a leader rises up within our ministry and that leader's ready. It's like, okay. And you begin to feel it just like your kid at home is starting to, you know, you, you realize, Hey, they need to make some of their own decisions. Hey, they're pushing against me a little bit. You know, sometimes pastors get threatened by that and it becomes this big contentious thing. I don't think that's right. It's like your kid who is, it's like, they're ready to do this. Yeah. They now need to go do it. And it's a kingdom thing, too, that's yes. bigger, bigger than us. Yes, exactly. You know? Exactly. But what's so cool, and what a lot of people don't ever get to this point, is the fellowship after, if you do it, mm-hmm. and you ride it out and be committed to each other through it, it's awesome. Yeah. And when I go to those churches, it's a trip, man. It's like it's like when I go to my kids' houses, and it's like cool stuff happening. It feels like home in a lot of ways, but I'm not paying for it. <laughs> 
it's like it's awesome. awesome. A lot of, it's like grandkids. They're awesome. You know, I get to see him. I get yeah. to hug everybody. But when there's uh, problems, I'm they're, out. They're, that's Ryan's problem. Oh, that's Jason's problem. That's yeah. Aaron's problem. You know? That's brilliant. Yeah. All right, let's go back now to the discipleship thing we're talking about. Yeah. How do I or how do you strategically? Be deliberate yeah. in creating disciples yeah. in a big church, and that's that's the that's the key. the The key is is saying it's all about relationships, and that's what the Christian experience is all about: relationships first with, first with God, then with one another. Understanding that as you grow, and this is just flesh versus spirit. Okay, people are more important than money. Mm-hmm. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever, don't use people. They're the point. People are more important than buildings. If you're a church leader and you're listening to this and you're trying to protect your building from the people, you need to take a break, (laughs) go somewhere quiet, and rethink your life. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Lord's telling me to tell you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, really, seriously, stop thinking about it. And we would never say it that way, right? I'm, I'm of course, being a little inflammatory, right, On, on purpose. But the point is we can get that way. It's not our job. A growing family is messy. That's a good thing. If I got a bunch of kids and I love them and God's got great potential in them, but they're going to make messes. That's good. I, I don't expect my, my two-year-old grandson or my six-year-old granddaughter to be perfectly neat and clean and quiet and little adults. Right. They're kids. Right. And so they're going to make messes when they come over. And it's like, okay, that's part of the drill. Well, understand that. So just remember that God is first. Worship and him and his word, that's first. And prayer, that's first. Second is people, relationships, community. And so be committed to that. We, from the very beginning, began as, we began as a small group in my home, and we've grown. And to this day, we are a collection of small groups. Mm-hmm. That understanding is very different, and it keeps us from being this large corporate institution. It keeps us as a relational network of connected people. In fact, I had this conversation on a fellowship of churches that were a part of the missionary church, and there was a group that was rising up and really anti-big church, anti-big church, all flesh, all carnal. I mean, I just pointed out some of the obvious inconsistencies in what they were saying, and so they brought me in to talk to uh-huh. this leader. And he kept saying, well, but the megachurch, okay, what's a megachurch? Well, all these people, I said, well, is it possible to have a collection of small churches that are in fellowship together? Well, yes. Well, yes, I guess. But then every time he said megachurch, he said, excuse me, just for, to be help me, would you, would you say a collection of small relational Please. fellowships? Yeah. <laughs> and so every time he said, I, you, you mean it. And literally it was, it was almost, it was, it got contentious because I, I, I kept saying, you're trying to characterize something that doesn't necessarily have to exist. Good. And doesn't exist. Very simple. I understand what you're saying. If a church is all about money or numbers or things like that, yes, that is flesh. But I've seen little churches be about that. Right. That's about the heart of a leader, heart of leaders. Okay. That is not about a product of the size. This is not a size thing. It's a heart thing. It is a people thing. And you can be as carnal and as a small church pastor as you can a large church pastor. You can struggle with sin as much as a small church pastor and as much as a large church pastor. And trust me, I've been both. Mm. Okay. I know the struggle with pride, with ambition, with even greed or whatever it is. Look at what these other people get. And I don't get to do that because I'm a pastor of this small church. I've struggled. I've wrestled with all those things, had to bring them to the cross, had to bring them to Jesus. And he's always said, my grace is sufficient. Lord taught us early on. I'm going to make sure every need is met. And I'm like, okay, Lord, well, that's good. But how much am I going to get paid? You know what his answer was? 100%. Was, 100% of what you need. Yeah. Okay, thank you, God. But let me ask another How much will I have? <laughs> You'll have enough. After taxes. <laughs> how much will I have after taxes? <laughs> You'll have enough. Yeah. It's really about, it's a, ma- a matter of what are you trusting? Mm-hmm. 
where are you putting your trust? And so, Sean, can I just say it's also a matter of stewardship what the Lord gives you too, because I don't think it was a, on the agenda to say, Lord, increase my territory. Because when the Lord gave you this property, He gave you more. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, no. And I was, I, it was sobering. But you're exactly right. The stewardship thing is a big deal. Making the most of what you have. We we didn't raise a bunch of money and do a big thing and do you know kind of the conventional thing to get this property. Yeah. God did a miracle. And yes, we had to raise some money, yeah. but we did it in a very unconventional way, and he provided this for us. And it was one of those things we, that the actual provision drove us to prayer because mm. it was like, Lord, this is too big. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Just be faithful and make use of it for the kingdom. We moved into this big property, 110 acres and buildings and the resources and mm-hmm. the things, and said, this is not for us. This is not about us. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be a gift of the community from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so right away, we had an area of discourse very early. Parking lots, these huge lots, we're going to let others rent them and use them. And we're going to try to be a blessing. And ministries doing 5Ks and other things, we're going to try to be a blessing. We're going to let other leaders be raised up and do their ministries. That's where our Christian assistance, our, our vocational training, all those ministries came from this desire to say, we've got this resource. We're supposed to use it for kingdom purposes. Yeah. And so and you we, couldn't do that in your whole home. No, church. <laughs> no. But, but the point is we were doing it in our small church. Ah. You know, the, the parable of the talent says, you know, you've been faithful over little. I'll make you steward over much. Mm-hmm. So it, you don't have to have 110 acres in this in an amphitheater to be able to do kingdom ministry. Right. If you've got two acres and a hundred seat room. Okay. Be generous with it. Open up your heart. See what God might have you do. Do non-conventional things. Don't be thinking so much just about you. You know, one of the things the Lord told us early on, a principle he taught us is, is don't focus on building your ministry. Focus on building the kingdom and let me build your ministry. Don't worry about whether a particular thing brings people or money to your ministry. Just build the kingdom and let me build your ministry. And I got to say, he's done it way beyond what we could have ever done. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord for all that, Pastor John. You know, I can take responsibility for myself. It's my own fault if I walk in, ah, no one's talking to me. I, I walked in, walked out, and no one said hi. It, it, it take, I need to have the right heart going in. Oh, that's true. That's true. And I think if more people took responsibility for it, there'd be less unfriendly churches. But mm-hmm. the truth is, Baron, there are unfriendly churches. I've seen them in small churches. Yeah. They don't want to grow because you're not welcome. Well, they, don't, <laughs> they wouldn't say that. It's just, it's a culture. It's not like they're trained. Folks, I know you want to talk to guests, but please don't. <laughs> okay? That's, it's not a training. Right. You're just not challenging and stretching them. You're not casting vision for them. You're not, you're not reminding them of why they're there. If you're a believer and you're coming to the community, it's not just so I can get fed and I can get mine and get home. Okay, That's not the, the heart. I'm here because I'm part of the body of Christ. And by the way, when you are, and th- this is our home, so when guests come, how do we treat guests in our home? I'm going to roll out the red carpet. I'm going to try to make my guests feel comfortable. I'm going to find out about them. It, it's, it's a mindset of saying, it's not about me. I want to reach across and embrace someone for the kingdom. Okay, so I'm the new guy showing up on next Sunday at River City Community Church. I'm a man. I want to get plugged into something for the man, mm-hmm. the fathers, mm-hmm. whatever. Where do I go? Well, we've what got, do you recommend? We've got, we've got groups for men, obviously, specifically, and most of our things are going to be groups. We happen to have a particularly strong outdoorsman's group. What does that, that mean? It's a group of guys, and really, it's kind of that's one part of a larger men's ministry. They like to hunt. They like fishing. They really they like to barbecue. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't care. We got guys there who would who could care less about hunting and fishing, but oh. it's like, I'm going to stand at the grill, yeah. okay? I love being at the grill. Right. So, it's a group of guys who love to fellowship. We do every quarter. We do a huge men's steak night. We got guys from, lots of guys from other churches who come to our sure. men's steak night. And we're great with that. It's awesome. And if they want help starting one at their church, we'll help. That's the point. 
but that we have a very strong men's culture here at River City. So there's lots of just lots of groups of guys to get connected with. All right, very easy. All right, so church is happening next Sunday. You don't take the day off after Easter, right? You're- no, I don't. In fact, we're starting a new series called No Place Like Home. We're going to address this head-on, this issue of where the family is and how challenging it is in, in our particular current situation and our current culture to raise a family. What is the role of family? Where do we get guidance for the family? What about marriage? What are the marriage rules? Everything seems to be changing. Um, how about parenting? What, kids are insane and going out of their minds, and schools are filling them with things, and their, their parents are getting kids back from not even college anymore, high school, and going, who are you? Yeah. Where's the kid I raised? And so what does the Word of God have to say about this? How can we as Christians respond to this? And so we're going to tackle that head on. The series is called No Place Like Home, and it's about home and family from a biblical perspective. I love it, Pastor Sean. This is that's a sweet spot for you. Oh, I love it. I, I love it because I think we're designed for family. Yeah, and it and I, our church is actually structured and wired like a family in many ways. We've got multi generational families who are all not just attending. But they're leaders in different ministries. Grandpa's a leader in ministry and adult parents. And then young adult parents are now leaders in ministries. My granddaughter, Rylan, is becoming very involved. She's working. At, she attends what? one service, but then she goes and helps out in the, with the babies as an assistant. Aww. Okay. And she's also working with Pharaoh's ministry, which is a coffee and pastry ministry that my daughter, Lauren, and son-in-law, Jonathan, started, but now is being carried out by Clay and Whitney Burkholder, our, our youth pastors. She's uh, doing mission work, and she's, what, nine? Nine years old. She's a little late, but, but we forgive <laughs> No. Come on, come on. So in, in our family, and by the way, my father-in-law is an elder. Uh-huh. That's one, two, two three, three gener- four, generation. four generations wow. serving in ministry at River City Community Church. I love it. I love it. That's and we're fun. not the only one. The Markentel family, uh, Bo Bowman, his grandson Christian, was raised up in ministry here. Mm. Um, there's just all kinds of families like that where you, grandma, adult parents, young adult parents, all involved in ministry. So nepotism is not a sin in the Bible. Nepotism Community Church, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> No, but someone said that to me one time. I said, well, isn't it nepotism for you to have your kids working at the church? Or, and fortunately, I was able to say to them, well, this family has kids working at the church. This family has kids working at the church, yeah. you know, other staff members. Right. And I said, do you think it's odd that talented, called, committed parents would raise talented, called, committed kids? And where should I have them? Right. These kids understand our culture. They were raised here. I want them. And I'm not going to exclude my kids from that. Obviously, when my kids were involved, I had someone else kind of do the hiring, someone else oversee in those early stages. So, But we, we are a family-oriented church. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azar. If you enjoyed this program, uh, let your friends know about it. Please pass it along. We got, we're on all the major uh, podcast platforms. Uh, but Pastor Sean, as Easter is behind us, resurrection is still Oh, yeah. Yeah, we live the resurrected life. So so Easter is just a beautiful reminder, but just remember, our Lord is risen, and because of that, so are we in Him. Hey, God bless you. Have a great week, and uh, thanks for listening to Reaching for Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.